TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. And welcome into a Mackie and Judd production, but it is the second ever episode, and it is perfect timing. Bonus scoop, Zolgad and Doogie. Doogie, um, where should we start? Because there is constant information coming in right now, and it is as fluid as it gets when, when it gets to the legal tampering period and what's going on with the Vikings in relation to free agency, which, to be clear, officially starts at 3 p.m. on Wednesday when guys can actually uh, put pen to paper. Hello, Judd. Good afternoon. I mean, why not start with the news of the last literally five minutes? So it has come out. Now, maybe the Vikings let Ifenio Denebo know, you know, an hour or two ago or earlier in the day, maybe multiple hours, but they will not tender Ifenio Denebo. It would have cost them $2.1 million to keep him on the on the restricted tag. So Ifenio Denebo will now become an unrestricted free agent. A source close to Odenabo, Judd, tells me he's very open-minded to a change of scenery. He is ready to be elsewhere. Also, within the last 20 to 30 minutes, the word is Adam Thielen will indeed restructure, rework, whatever term you want to use with his contract. He is not giving back any money. It's a matter of shifting, what, base salary to a signing bonus. The Vikings will have to pay the cap bill down the road. But in terms of creating cap space for 2021, they will end up freeing up. I mean, it's millions upon millions. You might have the exact number in front of you, Judd, but I mean, it's north of $8 million by Thielen doing that. Plus, Shamar Stephan, the news, it seemed inevitable after last night's news of Tomlinson committing to the Vikings, but the Vikings are letting Shamar Stephan go. That will free up nearly $4 million in cap space. Mm-hmm. So let's go go back and backtrack to last night's um, signing by the Vikings. Dalvin Tomlinson, who largely played nose tackle, but also could play the three-tech for the Giants, joins the Vikings on a two-year $22 million deal that includes uh, $20 million in guarantees. It looks like you talked to some folks about this. So explain to us all how it's going to work when your big free agent signing a year ago, three-year, $27 million contract at the time, was Michael Pierce from Baltimore, who obviously is a massive man uh, in the middle playing nose tackle. And what it appears, Dukes, on the surface is you largely signed another guy who is a nose tackle by trade as well, What's the plan here for the interior of the Vikings defense? Obviously, the starting point is it is going to be much tougher to run against a defense that finished 27th against the rush uh, in 2020. That's the good news. But how does this unfold from there? Well, Michael Pierce had those same questions. So Michael Pierce and co-defensive coordinator Andre Patterson had a conversation last night. Andre laid out to Michael that you are the nose tackle. We signed Tomlinson to be the three technique, that his skill set absolutely translates to being a three technique in a 4-3. Correct me if I'm wrong, but in New York with the Giants, they ran at least last year a 3-4, at least more of a a traditional 3-4 type look. You know, so they believe, you know, they did their homework. They watched a ton of film internally in Egan. They feel like Tomlinson can be a really good three technique. And I mean, they had outbid a bunch of teams. I mean, I'm led to believe George Payton and the Broncos were in on Tomlinson. The Patriots seemingly were in on every free agent, but they were in on Tomlinson. The Packers and Lions just within the division mm-hmm. were in on Tomlinson. The Giants had all sorts of interest in retaining him. The Buffalo Bills 
had interest in Tomlinson. There were teams that liked Tomlinson that just didn't have the cap space. So the Vikings feel like they might have hit the jackpot with Tomlinson. But make no mistake, Judd, I don't sense he was plan A. They made Carl Lawson an offer. He said no. They made Trey Hendrickson an offer. I don't know if I put that out on social media or not last night. We knew that they were in on him. But in the end, they made him an offer. He got more money from the Bengals. Lawson got more money from the Jets. It was clear that the Vikings' number one goal was to add a really good, an elite-type edge rusher, a pass rusher. They swung and missed on two guys. They were not in on Bud Dupree. That was another higher-end edge rusher name that was out there. I'm told they never engaged on Dupree. Mm -hmm. It was Lawson. It was Hendrickson. I believe in that order. Lawson was one. I heard the same thing. Hendrickson was two. Correct. They swung and missed. Right? And we see this all the time, not only in the NFL, Judd, but across the landscape of professional sports. Teams, more often than not, miss on the free agents they pursue. Right? Like the Minnesota Twins really wanted Corey Kluber. That's just one example. Mm -hmm. They also wanted Marcus Semien, right? Like you go up and down the list. The Timberwolves tried to get Jay Crowder. They tried to get Derek Jones Jr. They pitched Derek Jones Jr. He loved the pitch. Ultimately, though, chose the Portland Trailblazers. Like we see this all the time in professional sports. So we're just seeing it now with the Vikings and with other teams. They pursued a bunch of guys. And, you know, they had plans C, D, E, F, and G. A lot of balls up in the air. And finally, they got Tomlinson to accept their offer. So off that point, Dukes, where do things stand right now then? Because they've got um, an inside guy, obviously, to pair with Pierce. They've got, is it Nick Vigil, the linebacker, who I think is going to be Eric Wilson's replacement or at least compete for that job. Uh, but as I look at the landscape right now of what the Vikings have accomplished so far, uh, you have a gaping hole at left guard and left tackle, like the left side of your offensive line right now. And I know for a fact that they at least called on Tooney. They didn't get him. And obviously he signed a massive deal with the Chiefs. And I totally get that. Um, to your point, they obviously said we're, we're going to improve, I think, the right defensive end. And their hope was to get or is to get Hunter back, and basically, if you do that, it alleviates some of the pressure on the back end of the defense because your pass rush is so damn good. That has not, uh, did not come to fruition. And now you also have, and this is not new, we've been talking about this for a long time, but it was reiterated by Chad Graff's story in The Athletic yesterday. Daniil Hunter, like it's no secret, Daniil Hunter wants a new contract, and he is unhappy and and I don't know if the Vikings are trying to ignore it and pretend it's going to go away or if there is a plan here. Um, but I could see that the fan base at this point, Dukes, basically says, okay, it's not done yet. But so far, so far, early in the stages of tampering, this looks to be a little bit in disarray. Well, yeah, certainly the Hunter situation is disarray. A credit to you, Declan, and Phil for being all over the Hunter situation going back to the fall. I don't think a lot of people, a lot of fans, really wanted to wrap their arms around the potential of, how about a word from the past, a potential schism there, Hunter, Hunter's agent, the Vikings front office, but that's what it is. I am led to believe he is not stepping back into TCO Performance Center unless it's to sign a new contract. Like, I think he'll talk to Zimmer and Patterson, 
he has the utmost respect for those guys. He has nothing against those guys. He really enjoys playing for those coaches. Like, I think he'll engage those guys in dialogue, but I think it'll be like this via the computer or over the phone. I just, I would be surprised if he steps back into TCO Performance Center to have a heart-to-heart type talk. If it's to sign a new contract, great. But make no mistake, he wants more money. Yeah, I think he's a little upset about how they portrayed his injury last year. Initially a tweak when he believes all along it was very serious, eventually undergoes surgery. Yep. So I'm sure there's there's some discontent with the way they explained things. Mm-hmm. But money would solve just about all of this. Like if they want to make him one of the highest paid defensive players in the game, trust me, Daniil will put that frustration to the side. So I'll be fascinated to see how this situation plays out. I just struggle to see Judd, mm-hmm. Daniil Hunter playing in 2021 under the current terms of his contract. And I can see this both ways. One, it, it's a guy coming off a neck surgery, which is a big deal in football. It's potentially a huge deal, Doogie, and I get that. But where I will side, and I know that Daniil signed this contract, so that is his fault. But where I will side with his camp a little bit here, Dukes. Is is his average annual value or payday right now is fourteen point four million. He is falling down. He he was going into yesterday. He was eighteenth among pass rushing ends. When healthy, he is one of the best. He's a top three. He was eighteenth, and and he is falling down th- that list. And Lawson now is getting more. And I wonder too if the Vikings said we really can't pay him more unless we plan on redoing and restructuring and giving Hunter a substantial raise immediately. So I I think that the fact that they got such a team-friendly contract and it's just a terrible contract actually is is difficult for both sides here because yes, it's a luxury to have him signed at an average of 14-4, but I mean that just to put that into context for what he can do when healthy, that is basement bargain like you're a good player, but certainly nowhere near great player, which when he's healthy, he is a great player. It is the most team-friendly contract, and I'm trying to avoid hyperbole, but it is. It's the most team-friendly contract in the entire league. And yeah, I get it if if some people say, you know what, Daniil, this is on you. Like at 23 years old, you could have bet on yourself. You didn't need to take that offer from the Vikings. Shame on you. Shame on your representation for accepting that deal. But I also say, you know what? He's outperformed that contract. The Vikings did rework Adam Thielen's contract with multiple years left. Yeah, maybe they've never done it with three years left on a contract like Hunter has, but they have done it with two years left. Teams cut guys left and right, right? So why can't a guy say, you know what? Because it's such a finite amount of time to really maximize your earning potential? Why can't a guy say, when he knows the team, if they wanted to, could just cut him, yep. why can't a guy say, hey, screw you, pay me? Right now, yep. does he really want to hold out? Does he really want it to get to that sort of situation where he gets fined and it turns into a, a bleep show in that regard? You know, that remains to be seen. Do the Vikings want that, though, Doogie? Because that, well, that cuts both ways. It does. And I mean, Judd, we've made the point, but we can reiterate it now. This is very much an all-in year for Zimmer and Spielman. Yeah. Like different circumstances can unfold. Like if Kirk Cousins, who's been Mr. Durable, but if God forbid 
He goes down week two with a season-ending injury. I get it. That could change the trajectory in the in the Wilfs' minds. But heading into the 2021 season, make no mistake about this, the Wilf family is all about making the playoffs. They see that Zimmer's made it every other year, 15, 17, 19. Yep. The full expectation is here in 2021 that the Vikings will be a playoff team. If they are not, I think it's safe to think that change is coming. So, sure, like you think about the Vikings' chances with a really difficult schedule. And I get it. That's fluid, too. That can change, you know, very quickly. Maybe a week eight matchup that we see when the schedule's announced in April. Maybe we feel like, oh, my God, that is a really hard game. Yes. Then all of a sudden, it isn't. Like, you know, last April when the Vikings had the Cowboys come up on the schedule, I think a lot of us thought, ooh, hard game. You know, then Dallas comes to to U.S. Bank (laughs) Stadium. And Dak Prescott is out, right? And other guys are out. So circumstances change. But I'm just saying right now as we sit here, yep. if you look at that schedule for this year, yep. it is really, really tough on paper. So, yeah, so with so much riding on the line, if you're Mike Zimmer, damn right, you want Daniil Hunter yeah, so on your defensive line week one. You don't want to F with that. He, he's got you then, though. Like, if, if he says, you can find me, I ain't going to show up. What do you do? This feels, Dukes, this feels very weird because I think you're right. I think as far as Zimmer and Spielman are concerned, it is an all-in. If we don't make the playoffs, at the very least, we'll probably be gone. But the way that the stars are aligning and where this team is at and knowing what we know about the quarterback and the fact that right now there is a gaping hole on the quarterback's blind side of the line— it sure doesn't feel like the pieces of the puzzle are are fitting together for an all-in season, if that makes sense. Like it does, like it, it it feels like they very much should be not rebuilding, but hit, hitting some type of possible reset button. But to what you're saying, and you're right, they don't have that luxury. So it feels like it, things are sort of pulling apart as far as what is your plan here? And they, I'm sure, you know, two days ago they said, "Oh, Carl Lawson and Hendrickson, right?" or Jack Griffin, we're going to to get him, and and he obviously just signed a big deal with Jacksonville. Um, so I wonder, I wonder what the panic is, considering what's transpiring here, because you cannot fix your 2021 issues in the draft. You can build for the future, but you can't go into the draft saying, okay, this is where we make up for what we didn't get when we tried to sign free agents. I will say it is March 16th, Judd. Okay, so. Stefan gone, reworking Adam Thielen's deal, creates space. They are engaging in, in extension talks on Harrison Smith. So if that deal gets done, you can then lower his 2021 cap hit. So they are exploring all sorts of possibilities, you know, and I think they're going to end up here with, with a bunch more cap space. So let's see how it plays out. Mm-hmm. Like, heck, let me throw out a wild scenario. Is it out of the realm of possibilities that Riley Reef eventually ends up back here? There's not bad blood, I'm told. Okay. He's exploring the market. Maybe he gets a nice contract from but why did you Indianapolis or somewhere else. But maybe it's a different left tackle then. But why you know, free up the or, space then, Dukes? Well, they're engaging on Anthony Harris. My sense is they at least have some level of interest in, in Bengals free agent cornerback William Jackson. Like, I think they're trying to do something else. Now, I'm told... You know, Shaquille Griffin off the board to Jacksonville. Jacksonville had, you know, $500 million in yeah. cap space, whatever it was. It was going to be hard to beat them 
in a bidding war, but I'm told by somebody that was engaged. I mean, there were multiple teams. Seattle tried to get back Shaquille Griffin. I'm led to believe that the Vikings were actually not in on Griffin at the end. So you had the initial report yesterday on Monday that the Vikings had made Griffin an offer. But after, you know, the dominoes fell with Tomlinson, with the linebacker from from the Chargers, I, I think your pronunciation is right. Is it Vigil? Yeah, Vigil? I think that's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, former Bengal. Yep. He's got the connection to to Paul Gunther, former Bengals draft pick, just spent the one year with the Chargers. Yes. So after a couple of dominoes fell, I think at that point they said, okay, we can't pay Griffin all this money. It's not trending in the right direction. So I don't think they were in on, on Griffin until the end. But I think they're going to end up doing some more. Like, there are so many free agent guards out there. Mm-hmm. As of yesterday, they had not engaged on a good one, Gabe Jackson. But that could change snap of the fingers. Like, we don't even always have – the actual real-time updates. Like, I have that update from yesterday, but it's possible right. that things have even changed today. They're just – my point, I guess, Judd, is that there are still so many names out there, specifically offensive linemen, mm-hmm. that they can still do something. And and you can go guard, and then I'm telling you, there is going to be a really good tackle staring them in the face at 14. So I understand your logic that, that you better not use the draft to solve – all sorts of issues, but I think you can solve one issue. I, I think the kid from Northwestern, Slater, or the USC tackle, <clears throat> I think they could easily take one of those guys at 14, plug and play. Like, have that guy start from day one. Yep. I get it. Tough to protect the blind side. Yep. All that. But, like, both of those kids are are considered really, really, really good prospects. We've seen offensive line in the last few years plug and play, maybe more so at the guard position, maybe not so much, you know, a Bradbury at the center position here, but in other scenarios across the league, we've seen a lot of guys plug and play. The the Seahawks took a guard, what, in the third round last yep. year. He turned out to be an unbelievable guard. So I think they can they can still help the offensive line. I would say on that, stay tuned. Like the offensive line we're currently seeing absolutely isn't going to be the offensive line we see out there week one. Yeah, you, you just have to make sure – and and there's no excuse for not doing this right now. You have to make sure that Cousins' blindside is protected really well because of the fact that he doesn't have a feel for his blindside. I mean, Russell Wilson, God bless him, can take off and run. Tom Brady can shuffle. Like, he feels pressure. Kirk doesn't have that that chip. His brain lacks that chip. So It got better, though. I mean, would you admit that it got uh, better it last got, year? Yes, because he stopped. He, he usually stops, drops, and rolls as if, if he's on fire with the football. He doesn't have a feel for that. He doesn't. He can't feel that. So my point is, though, you, if you are Spielman, you've seen this now for three years. So, like, there's no excuse not to say... We aren't going to sign a guy who's a guard. We need a really good guard to protect him, tackle. So I'm just, I'm curious because where I've sort of Duke's lost faith is this one. Last year, we all said, and this was on defense, actually. We all said, are you going to sign a veteran corner? Like you're, you're banking on a lot of youngsters here. And that's a position at which you need at least one, in my opinion, stabilizing force, right? Like a stabilizing guy. Newman, he was great. Stabilizer. Um, and they're like, no, 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 we're fine. We're fine. We're absolutely fine. And then after the season was done at his uh, press conference, Zimmer basically came out and said, yeah, we misjudged that. Well, dude, I was sitting here telling you that. Phil was, you were, like the fan base was. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but if I can see that, and I can tell you right now, if you don't adequately address the offensive line, like if you'd go the regular Spielman, I'm going to go to... I'm, you know, I'm going to go get this guy and that guy and it's going to be fine. No, it's not. I can tell you what Kirk lacks. So I just, 
I don't know that they're at a point where they really see what they should see consistently. Doesn't mean I know more about football or that you do than them, but I think there's sometimes obvious things in all sports that front offices tend to begin to overlook. An offensive line for the Vikings for sure has been one, and there's been assumptions made that have backfired. And when you start Dakota Dozier at left guard for an entire season, that's a you problem. That's not a him problem. Dakota Dozier never asked for that and never should have been given that. And so I am leery of what the plan is here. End of well, I understand that. I think we need to let it play out. I won't even touch the idea. I mean, those guys forget more about football in five seconds than I'll ever know. But I understand what, what you're saying there, Judd. As far as I can tell, unless I missed something in the last hour or so, Orlando Brown Jr. is still a Raven. And that'd be a good I know trade. there's all sorts of steam that Jacksonville is is very much in that mix, but I'm led to believe they have talked to Baltimore. So And that could be could a draft time trade, Yeah, could that still be a possibility, Orlando Brown Jr.? You know, there's a lot of guards out there. Trey Turner, I mentioned Gabe Jackson. I think they end up with with one of these guys, Judd, probably on a one-year deal. That guy then can enter free agency again a year from now when the cap is going to to skyrocket. Mm -hmm. So I think think more moves, like plural, I think more moves are coming. And, I mean, it's something we talked about on, on one of the podcasts, Judd. I don't know if it was the Thursday appearance or last Tuesday, but they've kicked the tires on the Brian O'Neill to left tackle idea. Yes. Now, I know they love him at right tackle, but I imagine that that is still on the table to some extent. I don't know how I would handicap you know, the chances of that actually happening, but let's just say that has come up internally. You know, So when talking about specifically the blind side of Kirk Cousins, I guess we can't sit here and say 0% chance that that it's Brian O'Neill, and then maybe you could work on on fixing the right tackle position. I'm just saying there are so there are so many possibilities still out there. Mm-hmm. We're only 28 hours into this thing. Yeah, that let's let it play out a little bit. Do you think the top tier guys aren't coming here based solely on on what the uh, finances are that are offered, or do you think it's a combination? Of that and the fact that that despite the fact that they have a gorgeous stadium and the place um, TCO is great, that there is some hesitance to come here now based on where this team is at. And the fact that I think they think in their minds, Dukes, the window remains wide open. I don't know in the public's mind or if I'm a free agent, if I am as receptive to that as the Vikings probably are trying to sell me on. Do you think that that factors in much? I don't, Judd. I think money talks loudest. I think you can turn it around pretty darn quick that free agents and their agents can look at the Vikings, what, just a year ago, a little over a year ago, winning a playoff game in New Orleans, getting to the divisional round, Hmm? that another repeat of that isn't out of the realm of possibilities. Money talks loudest. Like, let's be frank about it. Carl Lawson went to the Jets because they offered the most money. Trey Hendrickson went to the Bengals because they offered the most money. The Vikings did not offer Lawson more than New York. Yeah, does a guy on occasion take a little bit less? Maybe Kirk Cousins took a little less here a few years ago instead of taking the the bigger money from the Jets. Yep. Sure, Anthony Barr verbally commits to the Jets, takes a little bit less money to come back here. Sure, there are instances of that happening, but I can just tell you in the two cases of of their top two targets on Monday, Lawson and Hendrickson. Yep. 
those guys took the biggest money offers. The Vikings did not trump those offers. Uh, so t- turning to Gophers hoops, Richard Pitino parts ways with the Gophers last night. And in fact, they did not use the word dismissed or fired. I believe that, that the press release very specifically said he has parted ways. And what, b- basically 12 hours after that press release goes out or less, he is named the new coach at New Mexico. What can you tell us about what this means as far as how much they're going to have to pay him or not in the buyout? Well, they certainly don't owe him $1.75 million. I was looking at the language of the contract. In fact, mm-hmm. give me a second. If you want actual proof for those watching on the video feed, let me see if I can find it here. Give me a second. I have the actual language of the contract right here. Nice. Which might not do a whole lot for people, but it's section 3.2.2. Yep. And I'm not going to read all the legal jargon, but he found a job. It's pretty much going to offset. I mean, maybe there's a little bit of money based on whatever his base year compensation is. You know, maybe they'll end up owing him a little bit of money. They're not going to owe him $1.75 million. So I can tell you Mark Coyle is doing cartwheels because of that. He is very grateful that Richard Pitino found a soft landing spot. Coaches want to coach. You want to stay relevant. His guy, Dan McHale, is still under contract at New Mexico. Dan McHale was on Patino's first gopher staff, then left. He got a head coaching job. I believe it was Eastern Kentucky. Got fired after two or three years. Dan is back to being an assistant. Dan and Richard are really close. So presumably, with Dan McHale still under contract in Albuquerque, Richard has a confidant. You know, So Richard will have Dan McHale instantly on his staff. The AD there played basketball at Florida for Billy Donovan. Yes. I can just tell you Billy Donovan was part of this process. Billy reached out Billy's on like Richard Pitino's half. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Billy's his guy. I mean, I'm Billy's just telling you, him. Norwood Teague and Mike Ellis, don't hire Richard Pitino without the recommendation of Billy Donovan way back when. And, and when was that, 2013 or 2014? Billy yeah. Donovan had a ton to do with Richard Pitino getting the Gophers job. Billy Donovan and his dad, Rick Pitino, had a lot to do with Richard getting the New Mexico job. I wish him all the best. It's an incredible home court advantage there. If we return to some level of normalcy come the winter as the calendar turns to 2022, but that's a hard job to win at. It just is. I mean, he'll get enough of a leash, you know, he'll get a few years, but like when ranking Mountain West jobs, I think at one point, maybe five or 10 years ago, New Mexico was top three, top four. It doesn't have the optics of that anymore. So I just, I hope he can win there. You know, I know how much his family loved living here. That will be one heck of a change to go from Edina to Albuquerque. So I just hope it works out really well for him. I texted him. He hasn't gotten back to me yet, but I hope to stay in touch with him. Like I was selfishly rooting for him to stay in town and do a year of TV, do some Big Ten Network work. <laughs> I think he would have been a great analyst. Oh, he'd be really good, yeah. Yeah, the Gophers are, are thrilled by this, Judd. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're not going to end up having to pay him much, if if any money at all. So who... Who's your guess about who's next? Well, I mean, I think Mark is going to cast a relatively wide net. I'm talking with Sam Mitchell here in about an hour and 15 minutes. I know Sam wants the job. I imagine the reason he wants to talk with me publicly is to is to announce, hey, like I'm all in on, on chasing this job. You know, I saw that The Athletic uh, wrote about Mike Boynton, the current head coach at Oklahoma State. Sign me up for him. If you look at the job that Oklahoma State has done this year, like that phone call should be made. But I can tell you, as of this morning, mm-hmm. there's not been any contact between the University of Minnesota 
and Boynton's camp. Maybe eventually. I mean, I would reach out, but there hasn't been that. I would start with current, you know, we think football, power five coaches, right? Big conference current head coaches that might be realistic. That to me is Mike Boynton at Oklahoma State. That's Eric Musselman at Arkansas. The issue with Muss is his buyout is $5 million until May 1st. Would you be willing to wait until May 2nd? The buyout goes down over $3 million if you just merely wait until May 2nd. Do I think Eric Musselman has interest in the Gophers job? I do. So I think you at least need to kick those tires. Other names that, that I'm positive are going to come up, likely get interviews, Dennis Gates. Head coach Cleveland State, longtime assistant under Leonard Hamilton at Florida State. Cleveland State is an NCAA tournament team. He took over just a couple years ago. They were rock bottom. He has built them up really fast. He's a Chicago guy, so he has Midwest ties. Doesn't really necessarily have Minnesota ties, but has Midwest ties. But remember that name, Dennis Gates of Cleveland State. Remember the name Craig Smith of Utah State, Minnesota native. He's built Utah State into a really good program. You've got Nico Medved at Colorado State, Minnesota native, former, what, graduate assistant or student manager with the Gophers. He has ties directly to the Gophers program, going back a long time. Mm-hmm. One of his assistants is Dave Thorson, former oh, yeah. head coach at De La Salle High School, former Gophers assistant. Yep. Dave is on the bench with Nico at Colorado State. Presumably, if Nico got the job, Dave would come home. Dave knows everybody in town. Nico got David Roddy from Breck, who was all Mountain West. He was an all-conference player, sophomore out of Breck High School in Minneapolis, kid David Roddy, who the Gophers should have frankly gotten. You don't lose that kid to Colorado State, but Medved and Thorson were on top of Roddy. They won that recruiting battle. So Medved and, and Thorson have those recruiting ties already in town. I think you reach out on Dutcher. Like, I think, I think the clause is in Brian Dutcher's contract for a reason with the buyout only a million dollars. He's in his early 60s, you know, so it would have the optics of, are you hiring him because this is a retirement job? Right. He's got at least one sister that lives here in town. His dad is the former Gophers coach, Jim Dutcher, is 87 or 88. I'm told he's doing okay. He still lives in his condo in Edina, but he's got a nurse that is regularly with him. I don't want to claim it's, you know, failing health or anything like that, but yeah. you get up there in age, you're 87 or 88. That's good. Yeah. Your health, your health starts to decline ever so slowly, right? So if if Dutch came back here, he'd be a short drive away from his dad. He's helped build San Diego State going back to when he was an assistant under Steve Fisher into an absolute powerhouse. But hey, dad's here. At least one sister is here. He went to the U. Yep. His wife went to the U. He has a cabin here. It's a bigger salary. It's a bigger budget. I still think San Diego State is a better job than Minnesota, but I would get it if Brian Dutcher came here. And I do think Mark Coyle will reach out on Brian Dutcher. So those are all names. I think you need to at least kick the tires on Ryan Saunders. Ryan would listen. I know he would listen. That would be a lot of pressure to go from Timberwolves coach, yeah. last name Saunders, all of a sudden to go for his coach. NBA assistant, I don't man. Think Go, yeah, I don't go think get I'd make Ryan job. I don't think I'd make him any sort of betting favorite, but yeah. I wonder if those if those tires are kicked. So those are all names. Plus Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson, former gopher, went to De La Salle High School, lead us assistant coach He might not be quite ready for a job this size. He is ready to be a head coach somewhere. Sure. You know, maybe more like a mid-major, not a high major, 
But I'd love to see Royce throw out this idea, and I like it. What about Dutch as the head coach with Ben Johnson as his coach in waiting? Oh, by the way, Ben and Dutcher have a relationship. So before Ben left Minnesota, left Patino staff to go work at Xavier, he had dialogue about joining Dutcher at San Diego State. Okay. Final scoops before we wrap it up here, sir. Well, the NBA trade deadline is what now? Nine days away. Gerson Rosas, I'm told, is trying to find a third team. Would that third team be for a trade to acquire Aaron Gordon of Orlando, John Collins of Atlanta? You know, surely the the Wolves at least have have varying levels of interest in both those guys going back many months. Aaron Gordon interest goes back 13 months. He's about to come back or maybe just came back from from a lower body injury. I think it might have been a, a foot injury. You know, so keep an eye on the Wolves here. Nine days out. I don't think Jarrett Culver or Josh Okogie have a lot of trade value. I think to acquire one of those guys, yep. they would have to include a future first-round pick. I'm not convinced that Glenn Taylor is willing to give that sort of approval to move a future first-round pick, but it's still a situation worth monitoring. On Glenn Taylor, I think things are moving along. Like, I don't know if we'll have some news here, you know, later this month, April, but, like, I get the sense, and it's been a roller coaster, right? Glenn has has waffled. So this could certainly go this way, right? Yeah. But this thing is moving in the right direction that that maybe even before the season is over, we have news of of who the new majority owner will be. I'm told the person in the lead, I don't have a name, unfortunately, but that the NBA knows this person, that the NBA already has a book on the oh. person that, that is considered the front runner. So it wouldn't take the NBA long to vet out this individual. Don't even know if it's a man or a woman, but I'm told the NBA has a book on this individual. Then on your team, the Wild, Marcus Felino, it's a leg injury. So I know the Wild, they never announce specifics, but I'm told it's a leg injury. I don't know if it's a broken leg or a, a severe bruise, got, but it's going to be yeah. weeks on Felino. It didn't look, look good. He he got hit right in the boot of the skate. So my guess is it might be a broken bone in his foot, but that's just a complete guess. All right. Yeah. All right, sir. We'll uh, chat with you on Mackie and Judd on Thursday for more scoops. Appreciate it, and uh, we shall see how this unfolds for the Vikings as free agency nears. Yeah, I mean, more is coming, Jed. I mean, we'll talk again on absolutely on Thursday morning. You know, God forbid, you know, nothing happens and, and schedules allow. My older son's battling some some concussion like issues, so oh, get him! Don't yeah. ever mess with the brain. Like no. you can mess with any body part. Yeah, don't mess. The with last the thing you ever want to f with, yep, is the brain. Like it's. It's been a wild seven to ten days. Well, I hope all with, goes well with there. Some of his issues popping up. So, all right. You know, I hope I can join you guys in studio on Thursday morning. If not, I can probably fire up the computer. But That's yeah, fine. we'll talk again on Thursday. And I'm positive, Judd, when we talk in less than 48 hours, yep. we will have more Vikings news to dissect. The, the, Stay tuned. The question more is, is coming. The question is, will we like it? That's the most important thing. All right. Talk well, to you. Duke. Talk yeah, to you, depending Duke. on what the money is. But yeah. And I'm not on board with with investing a lot of money in a safety. You know, I mean, they've, that, yeah. they've talked to Kiana Neal, you know, Anthony Harris. You know, I put that out late last night that there's interest in retaining Anthony Harris. I'm all about retaining Anthony Harris, but you can't break the bank oh. on paying two safeties. That's fine. Pay Harrison Smith. Yes. He does a lot. He's not your traditional safety, quote unquote. But you can't pay two safeties a ton of money. That is not a way to build a championship roster. But do know... The Vikings are after safety. All right. Talk to you soon, Doogie. Thanks, man. Okay. Appreciate it. See you, boys. See you, AJ.
He knows you once ate an entire sheet cake. He knows your selfie life isn't your real life. He knows what goes down in the DMs. Shouldn't you know your dog better? Now you can learn his inner secrets with Embark, the highest-rated dog DNA test. Unlocking over 350 breeds and screening for over 215 genetic health risks. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.